Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum here at WMNF 88.5 in Tampa. Today, we have a very special show. Uh, Walter is not here today, so it's just going to be me and Mobili. But uh, Mobili, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good. It's a little chilly, but I like it. Yes, so do I. I like it it as well. Um, so, um, you know, today is Black Consciousness Day in Brazil, which is interesting, it is important because their history is very similar to our history. They fought against slavery. There was a, a, a figure in history that they commemorate on this day, November the 20th. His name is Zumbi. He was the king at, after, uh, during the time of the Portuguese were slaughtering the Brazilians, the black Afro-Brazilians 
And uh, there's a huge history. This so maybe in the second part of the program. We'll talk about that. We'll play a little bit about what they honor, how they honor Zumbi in Brazil. And uh, we'll talk about Black Consciousness Day. And we're going to also take calls from you. So, of course, get ready. Go to your telephone lines, 813-239-9663. is going to be the number to call as soon as we open up the phone lines. And you can also write us, dj at wmnf.org. Yeah, so happy Black Consciousness Day. Yes. <laughs> so, first we're going to uh, talk with Miss Rodriguez. So, Miss Rodriguez, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing all right this morning. The holidays got me real nervous because I'm at the age where I need to start like bringing food and presents for the kids. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you uh, you work for you work at the school. At the, mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, yeah, what uh, news do you have for us today? Um, so recently, the org that I'm in, Tampa Bay Community Action Committee, has um, sent a. Uh, a lot of we had an email blast to the mayor's office, and we have not received an email email back concerning the CRB um, and letting the people vote on independent council. So Mayor Castor, we're waiting for a response there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about more, around 50 emails sent that day. Um, and Students for a Democratic Society on USF campus recently had a protest um, part of as part of their National Week of Action against the uh, Don't Say Gay bills here in Florida to protect uh, queer and trans youth. And um, kind of outside of the Tampa scope, I, I assume we've all been seeing the UC strikes where almost, I believe, 48,000 academic workers have gone on strike, which is incredibly huge. So it has a lot of student support. Um, and I think a monumental thing is it has support from other unions outside. So like UPS Teamsters are um, going in and like saying, we support your strike. We're not going to cross the picket lines. They like refuse to um, make their stops and deliver their stuff. And I think moving forward, it's really fun to see um, these unions like collaborating and making progress in terms of getting people what they rightfully deserve. And I know that UC workers are pushing against um for better like negotiation and contracts. And then also another strike that happened was the one day strike for Starbucks workers or Starbucks workers United, which the Teamsters union, um, or I'm not sure if they fully endorsed it, but I did see a lot of Teamsters go out to um, help with the picket lines for the Starbucks workers. So a lot of like Mm -hmm. union solidarity work there, which is really crazy, especially because there's probably going to be a UPS strike impending in the next year because they have uh, their contract negotiations coming up. So a lot of fun stuff happening. (laughs) You said a UC strike, University of California Mm -hmm. students, and they're striking for a livable wage. Mm -hmm. Which is uh, good to see that the the strike option is back. (laughs) I thought thought that, uh, what was this, UPS you said? Yes. I thought that they were paying their workers a good livable wage. So they're paying their drivers uh-huh. a good, decent wage. But okay. their problem is the part-time workers, which they overwork at crazy hours. I know my roommate is a, a part-time worker at UPS. Mm-hmm. He goes in at 3 a.m. They try to keep his shifts as short as possible. Mm-hmm. They overstaff it so they don't have to like keep people there for a long amount of time. 
And it's grueling hard work because, like, you got to get up at 3 a.m. And that start time changes, like, depending on whether it's, like, what they call peak season for Christmas time and mm-hmm. stuff. It'll go up to, like, 1 a.m., 12 a.m. And they have to consistently, like, change their schedules. And they get paid, like, dirt wages for that and don't get nearly the protections that drivers do. And so drivers are saying, like, all of this is hard work. This is all, like, um, something that we put our time and effort in. We all deserve to be at least, like, living with good wages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like then we see that what's happening at Twitter. Maybe those workers are going on strike. <laughs> I don't know. Elon Musk he, has just fired he, them all. He brought in some more people, so I, I don't. Yeah, a whole host of like new people, which is, yeah. uh, you know, this whole Twitter debacle is got me a little nervous. I don't know whether or not Twitter is going to like have its downfall or anything, but I think one thing I can't deny is like the power that Twitter has on like social movements because like George Floyd rebellion wouldn't have gotten as far if Twitter didn't exist and so Twitter being in the hands of someone who is claiming that there's free speech this and that but is banning accounts letting Trump back on Twitter Mm -hmm. (laughs) to spread disinformation Mm -hmm. is in charge of that and like I think it could be really devastating for a lot of community groups who are trying to do the work just have one last platform to Tell all their to tell their story and organize. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it'd be a good twenty first century test to see if those workers rise up, mm-hmm. if the consumers rise up. Uh, will it be an interesting test? Yeah, definitely. So, so uh, is that all the news you have? <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, so we have two guests, two more guests. Uh, one is here in studio with us, and then we also have one on the line. So I'm going to put both of them on air. And if you both could um, introduce yourselves. So caller, the, our guest caller, please introduce yourself. And also the lady in the studio, please introduce yourself. Good morning. My name is Ion Townsend, and I am chair of the Hillsborough County Democratic Party, and thank you for having us here today. Yes, thank Good you morning, for being everybody. here. Good morning. morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. My name is Ella Coffey, and I am the vice chair of Hillsborough County Democratic um, Executive Committee, um, the Democratic Party here in Hillsborough County. All right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, thank you all for having us. We appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome. Well, certainly last week we began a discussion about analyzing the election, what just happened, uh, and we see that there was uh, two outcomes. We had on a national level, uh, the Democratic Party actually did well. They overperformed in what what we normally see in the midterm, at least over the last 12, 15 years, we've seen this... uh, the seesawing on midterm, the party in the White House loses seats. But that didn't happen this time. We've gone back to the way it used to be maybe 100 years ago where, especially under Del, uh, Roosevelt, the when he was in power, he, he stayed in power, uh, I think, three terms, and he kept his, his uh, Democratic, uh, he kept the Democratic majority. So, you know, we started seeing this after, you know, the... Uh, the, I think it was during the, the Reagan years we started seeing this 
bifurcation where we would go back and forth. But on the local level, in the state of Florida, we saw the Democratic Party struggle a little bit Mm -hmm. against a lot of odds. It's been a lot of commentary written about why. And uh, a lot of people agree that there's been a lot of voter suppression in this state. There's been a, uh, an attempt to in, uh, to f- make people fearful to vote because they were paraded as felons in front of TV cameras. And so a lot of people chose not to vote in this state. And it seems like when you look at the different outcomes nationally compared to Florida, that it worked. So, Ella Coffey, pick up on that point. What happened in Florida? It's kind of like the meme, Florida. <laughs> we we keep we we. I think we we're living in a in in a state where um, it's a beautiful state. Weather's always gorgeous. When it's cold here, it's nowhere close to what the rest of the U.S. looks like. So people kind of migrate to this area, um, and yeah. because. The governor can can tell lies about Florida being a free state. People think that that's what they're going to receive when they get here. And that's the last thing they're going to receive here in the state of Florida. Um, Not to talk about what's going to happen legislatively, because I I don't know, but I I know what the rumors are. Florida is not a free state if some of those things take place. And they're not going to change until we as the people make that change here in the state of Florida. Um, I think um, we won maybe five counties here out of 67 in the state of Florida. And that just is really embarrassing that folks did not feel the need, how important it was to go out and vote. And I needed to cast my vote for many different reasons. Economics is my number one reason. Gas, grocery bill, light bill, water bill, all of those things make a difference. And you can't tell me that there's nothing politically involved um, because the electric companies are asking for a to, to lift their uh, to raise their rates. Mm-hmm. They have to get that approved first that goes through the PSC. And so the PSC members are put there by the governor. So everything is politically yeah. connected. Mm-hmm. Um, they never tell them, no, they can't raise their rates. The rates are going to go up and we're going to pay more for electricity. And it all starts with us going into the uh, voting booth and casting a vote. It makes a difference. And for whatever reason, people were intimidated. And I think the voter suppression you, you mentioned there, I think there was some voter suppression. But here's my statement to that. If I wasn't convicted as a felon, I wasn't concerned about going out to cast a vote and being arrested. I've never been convicted. Um, Because of the color of my skin, I know there are other things we have to meet and match in America. But when I am, when I'm sure of what I'm sure of, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to fight for. So I'm going to go out and and cast my vote. If folks had that fear uh, of being arrested, I'd like to hear about that. I know we may not be able to hear about it all today, but if that is an issue, then I need to hear about it because we have um, attorneys that can help on election day if there's a problem. Mm -hmm. We just need to know that so that we can have more of a face that people know there are attorneys out there um, willing to assist them. Yeah, I think it was just the intimidation factor because the police, when they showed up to arrest those people, the police didn't know what they were doing, what actual charge. So I think just to keep 
that conf- just to keep from having to face that possibility, people just chose not to vote. But what about you, uh, Ms. Townsend, the chair of the Hillsborough County Democratic Party? What happened in Florida, in your opinion? Um, I would echo everything that um, Ella said, and um, I want to speak a minute about voter suppression, and uh, and then I'll make a few comments about the bigger picture. Um, so just want to remind the voters that Ella's absolutely correct. It does matter when we vote and when we don't vote. So uh, somebody said uh, there are two ways to vote to actively vote and to not vote. And when you don't vote, uh, somebody else makes the decisions. And we know that historically midterm elections all across the country, turnout is lower than it is in a presidential election. And that's certainly the case here in Florida and in Hillsborough County. Um, But I want to remind everybody about SB90. So in a Republican-controlled legislature here in florida they passed sb 90 and some of the effects of that were in fact uh voter suppression and intended to be uh for example we we now have to um apply for vote by mail every single election cycle oh so it restricts vote by mail it restricts vote by mail. That's one way. Okay, so the Hillsborough County Democratic Party has uh, got to start communicating, and we already have started with our voters in Hillsborough who have signed up for vote by mail. That letting them know that because of SB ninety, their application for vote by mail expires on December thirty first. So if you live in Tampa and you want to vote in the municipal elections, but you prefer to vote by mail, you need to reapply for vote by mail. And I would encourage anybody who's listening to this, you can go online today to votehillsboro.org and click on uh, voters and click on the button for a vote by mail. And you can sign up to vote by mail now. Be real careful. Don't don't apply for 2022 elections because we don't have any more 2022 elections. Mm-hmm. You want to, there are I think five other buttons. One is for um, the Tampa Municipal. One is for the Tampa Municipal runoff. One is for the primary election in 2024. And another one is for the general in 2024. So click all those buttons and submit. And um, Or you can call the supervisor of elections office and... Um, and then we'll certainly be reaching out to voters. So it's a real important for everybody who's a vote-by-mail uh, voter to understand that because of SB 90, your application to vote-by-mail ends on December 31st of 2022. And to vote in any elections after 2020, uh, from January 1st of 2023 through December 31st of 2024, you must reapply. Um, the other thing that happened with SB90 is the whole Dropbox thing. Um, if you recall, in 2020, drop boxes because of COVID, were prevalent all over the county. Mm-hmm. I, can rem- I live in Plant City, and there was one in the parking lot of the library. And it was supervised around, um, all the time that it was out there, which was 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., by supervisor of election staff. 
SB 90 removed those drop boxes, and that especially hurt brown and black communities. Hmm. Um, SB 90 created this election police force that um, that Ella talked about, and I agree with her. People didn't understand what the rules were. You know, we understand because we're activists that it only affected felons. Uh, especially, uh, particularly those who had committed murder or sexual offense. Right. So people didn't understand the rules and didn't understand whether it was safe to go. And then there was all that stuff out in Arizona with these, you know, flak jacket, camo dressed people with AK 47s who were white supremacists standing near the drop boxes, right? So there was a lot going on that uh, suppressed the vote. Broadly speaking, however, um, it was sort of a perfect storm. And for those of uh, who are uh, not aware, uh, the Republican Party has been working very hard on voter registration across the state. And the Republicans, for the first time, have uh, outnumbered Democrats in voter registration by nearly 300,000. That was going to have an effect, right? Yeah. Um, Gerrymandering. We all hear about gerrymandering, right? And we know that um, Mr. Lawson's, uh, his district was cut in half up in North Florida, and it made half of his district, made that more friendly to Republicans. So we lost a congressional seat there. Um, DeSantis in Florida has high popularity. Um, The Republican Party in Florida outraised the Democratic Party. One estimate I read said more than a half a billion dollars came into Florida from outside supporting uh, the Republican Party and Republican candidates. Yes. (laughs) Uh, The Florida Republican Party raised $57 Our party raised something around $7 I don't even know. I'm I'm on the state executive committee and the state central committee, but I have no idea because we're not told. Um, So... I could go on. It, um, historically, as I said, voter turnout in midterms is very low. Um, however, in Hillsborough, we exceeded what we did in 2010 and 2014. Um, that average was around 49%, and um, this year we uh, voted at 52.4. I think voter, voter enthusiasm was low. Um, and certainly there was no investment from the state party in county parties. County parties were left on their, uh, to their own devices. So it's, um, it's, I could go on and on. Yes. I have a whole list of 13 things here that I just jotted down in terms of what I thought some of the components were of the perfect storm. But it was a perfect storm of all these things coming together. Uh, and, and the the money aspect is interesting too, because the Republicans and dark money from all over the country was coming into Florida for the Republicans here, and it, it just really overdid the Democrats in that sense. Thank you, Citizens United, right, and the United States <laughs> Supreme Court, who said that corporations are people. Yeah. I can't even walk up to a corporation and slap it like I can a people, <laughs> but it's a people. Uh, right. But there's a there's a there's a there's a line of conversation I think needs to be had, and that is we talk about the migration into the state from the north, from people 
that Governor DeSantis invited here, police officers who were who were disillusioned by the George Floyd protests, they were invited to come to Florida where they wouldn't have to face that kind of scrutiny. And uh, the the idea that a lot of Republicans came into this state over progressive would explain the voter roll uh, increase on the Republican side. And that seems to have been a linchpin to help the Republicans right. in Florida. Like Florida... There, there- there was active recruitment of people from, um, you're right about the police, and um, there was also active recruitment dating back to Governor Scott. Um, oh. He was uh, made lots of swings through the north in blue states and, say, uh, and said, you know, come to Florida where you never have to shovel snow and where there's no income tax. And then DeSantis added, we won't require you to wear a mask or get back. Exactly. That's what I think we need to talk about because he that's dangerous. He 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 politicized the coronavirus to get people to come here while he was gerrymandering. And uh, Rodriguez, you have a point to make about that because I think that was dangerous. And I, I, I honestly think the most dangerous part about DeSantis is how Florida is ground zero for the anti-protest bills. You saw oh, yeah. it with HB1. When people were out on the streets marching for George Floyd's life, he immediately responded with a bill that could uh, like, let people mow down protesters with right. no problem. That you couldn't march in the street, that you couldn't do this, that you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Really like crippling the movement here in Florida to the point where like people were okay with being on the streets and we knew that there was probably going to be like police aggression but at that point it's like i'm not gonna die because some republican is gonna like run me over with their car and we saw that happen when um charlottesville and charlottesville with the nazis Mm -hmm. like it's just absolutely ridiculous and then combined with this like blanket of you can kind of do whatever you want if you come to Florida. There's also, like, heavy voter suppression. I, I don't think that's, like, emphasized enough. And you guys asked me about two weeks ago, like, what I think about Latino voters skewing red. And, you yeah. know, I had the response, but I just didn't have the information yet. And I've mm-hmm. done some research. Yeah. And I've talked to um, some uh, activists who were doing work about 10 years ago on this, like, issue itself. And, like, in the extreme gerrymandering, the, um, which just represses progressive voters as well as, like, just disenfranchisement, um, a lot of Latino folks who are citizens and eligible to vote aren't able to because of issues with driver's license, which has been a problem in Tampa for the past decade. And it also, like, has to do with the fact that um, people aren't reaching out to Latino voters in the past five years, there's been an influx of Puerto Ricans into Tampa because of what happened in uh, Puerto Rico with Hurricane Maria. And you wow. see no, like, reaching out to them. Like, you don't see the the um, the numbers of Latino v- voters registering to match that increase. So there's no outreach going over there. There's no, like, promises from the Democrats to, like, solid, solid promises to the Latino community. And the Latino community is very diverse, not only in, like, population, but in class. So there's a lot of different interests as well in there. Um, and, like, uh, <laughs> it's a loss where I was at. But, yeah, it's, the well, Democrats just aren't doing, have a solid plan for um, to get Latino voters. Like, I think there are things working in place, but it's not something that's going to, like, push people over the edge to support them, like, fully and wholeheartedly. And I think 
Republicans have honestly doubled down with their reactionary views to the point where there are that like right wing of Latinos who are like, we'll go down for this. Like we saw it when um, Trump was getting elected and we saw that happen in Miami where the like right wing of Latino communities were like going hard and making songs. Like it was kind of a good song. I'm not going to lie. But, um, but yeah, using fear, mm-hmm. fear of communism, the communist countries you escaped, you don't want that here. Mm-hmm. So vote Republican. And what about that? D- Democrats, do we know how to talk to to Latinos? Do we know how to talk to people? Because a lot of people I've been hearing the Democratic Party take people for granted, take their base for granted. How do we respond to that? We have to have a message. And we just don't have a message. We're not having that conversation directly face-to-face, telling them what Democrats have provided. We've provided the 40 hours a week. If you work over 40 hours, it's overtime and you're paid overtime pay. We've guaranteed that you, with, with that, you, get, you work like five days. Mm-hmm. You should have two days off. I mean, there's things that we have fought for as Democrats that... We need to remind people that's what built this country, not only on the backs of of African-Americans that were were brought over here as slaves, but the fact that we said we want to be able to live a quality life. And here are some of the things that lead to that quality life. We have to have that conversation. No, it's not a socialist country. No, it's not communism. But here are the things we want to see happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't have that conversation. We actually have to start talking to people. So we, uh, we, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to echo that, you know, I, I told you I had a list of 13 things that, that, um, that I thought created the perfect storm. And one of them was messaging. And, um, you know, I think Miami-Dade crystallizes, Miami-Dade County crystallizes Miss um, Rodriguez's point exactly. Um, there's a huge... Latino population in Miami-Dade, and it's not a monolith, and um, um, we failed miserably in Miami-Dade, and it was lack of messaging. There was no counter-message to socialism and defund the police, okay. and, you know, that, that I know that the Florida Democratic Party spent a lot of money on messaging research. But there was no coherent messaging campaign. I didn't hear anything that talked about, uh, you know, the the anti-socialism message and um, the anti-defund the police messaging. There was just no coherent campaign for messaging. And when we look back at previous elections, um, some of you might not remember, but... Um, Val Demings and Senator Bill Nelson chaired a task that was called the Lead Report, and it analyzed what happened in 2000 and what went wrong in 2016. And then after the 18 election, there was the Path to Power. Both of those reports talked about messaging and how Florida had to, the Florida Democratic Party had to get on um, this whole issue of messaging. Well, did a lot of research this year about it, but there was no coherent cam- messaging campaign. But I, so. I don't hear any messages except the deflection coming from Republicans. But what I do find interesting is that, well, disappointing, actually, in a lot of Democratic candidates was that there were messages to run on, I mean, in terms of things that have been accomplished since 
for instance, Joe Biden has come in the White House, the CHIPS Act, the Infrastructure Bill, the, the Inflation Correct. Reduction Act. None of those things were, it's, it's as if the Democratic candidates were busy running away from right, their what was accomplishments. There. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did not, they did not seem to lean into the economic issue. Um, the top of our tickets tended to uh, focus on the Dobbs decision. Uh, while, while that was the number two issue, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same mm-hmm. time, and, and we should have uh, leaned into the economy issue as well, because Democrats have done a lot on the economy. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like we have some phone calls. We Rodriguez, do. you have something <laughs> yeah. else to add? Uh, one last thing. You know, I think a major fault that I saw just within this whole election cycle is just the lack of care around the constitutional loss that we, like, had around abortion, how there was no, yeah. like, act that put it in immediately, that there mm-hmm. was no, which they could have done. Yeah. Which is probably what happened nationally. The The Democrats did make yeah, a good showing because they made that an issue. <laughs> so. Plus, you know, they talked about some of the accomplishments. Like I said, a lot of them ran away from a lot of what has been accomplished because they weren't sure what the mm-hmm. the reaction would be. But... Plus, but they did pick up on Joe Biden's threats to democracy. Yes. So. Yeah, but um, we do have a lot of calls coming in, so um, we're going to take those calls. you mind having call? Okay. Absolutely. So um, let's get this first call. Caller, you were on the Sunday forum. Hello. Good morning. Thank you. Oh, hello, Alvaro. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, it was wonderful to hear uh, Miss uh, Laura Rodriguez on the on the phone, uh, on the uh, over the air. Yeah, she's right here uh, with us. <laughs> great great uh, points she makes. Uh, uh, I, I think the Democratic Party it, it goes it, it is more fundamental than the message. You know, I, I think that that uh, uh, the Democratic Party now is on on uh, damage control, uh, but it, it cannot hide from the fact that it is a uh, a. A corporate party, it, it is unable to do anything for the people. Uh, right now, we see the Democratic Party uh, going out asking for votes. That's the only time we see them. Now, when it came to the issue of housing, when people were asking for housing, when and people are still asking for housing, when they're being uh, evicted, the Democratic Party turns their back on them. What, what happened in, in the city councils of St. Petersburg and in Tampa? They turned it back on the people. They voted with the corporate structure, mm-hmm. you know? So people remember that. Well, how am I going to vote for people like uh, the, the, the mayor, the, the, the uh, Democratic mayor of Tampa, the Democratic mayor of, of St. Petersburg, when they both turned around, turned it back on the, on the people, you know? So, uh, you know, so it's, not, it's not just a question of messaging and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, we, we missed, uh, you know, this here or that there, but, but, uh, but uh, a lot more, uh, you know, fundamental part. Uh, as it relates to Latinos, uh, the Democratic Party has been uh, uh, coming out with the, with, the, uh, with the charge that Latinos are turning to the right and that Latinos are, are supporting uh, the Republicans uh, and, and, uh, and, and the like. And, and, and uh, I, today is the first time that I hear somebody saying and admitting to the fact that the Democratic Party has just not been doing their work, you know? And, and, I, and I, I'm happy they don't do the work. I'm happy they don't get out into the communities because they, they're only, uh, 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 you know, misleading the people, you know, telling them, here, we're going to do something for you. They're not there to do that. They're, that's not their job. Their job is to mobilize our community in favor of corporate structure. You know? Anyway, I got a lot more to say, 
but I, but I, uh, you know, I, you know, one, one of the problems, Val Deming, a cop, you know, you, that, that's what you, you're going to sell to our community? Biden. Biden promised uh, to uh, work on behalf of, of uh, uh, you know, to deal with the climate changes, you know, the climate problems. Soon as he came back from uh, from from uh, Europe, where where, uh, where this was being dealt with, he uh, he opened up the, uh, the you know as soon as he, he was elected, he, he opened up granting leases for oil and gas drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. You know, so you know you you say one message and then you back up the people. What do you want from the people? You know, and then the only ones that are courting our community are the very right wing, the Republicans, the evangelical churches. You know, you can't blame the people. You can't blame the people if, on the one hand, you're not doing your job, and on the other hand, the the the, the, the vicious opposition, the right wing, is, are, are the ones that are that are courting our people. You know, we even have we even have the Voice of America, the Voice of America in Hillsborough County, uh, are transmitting in Spanish. You know, so uh, you know that a propaganda a propaganda uh, right. uh, uh, medium that that is supposed to be international. It's supposed to be for the outside, like the CIA for the outside. Well, here they're using it in Hillsborough County to, uh, 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 whatever, uh, uh, brainwash our community. Thank you. Okay. Well, I know there's a lot to respond to there. Uh, yeah, but so <laughs> you guys want to respond to that? Yeah. I, I think my um, comment would be relative to what's happening in St. Pete and in Tampa with the city council members. If they are not voting the way... Democrats want them to vote, mm -hmm. get on their behinds, make phone calls to their offices, go to the city council meeting, tell them in person. I know people have jobs, but it, do something. Send an email. We've got to let the, the folks that are elected know you're not voting. I voted for you in office. You're not voting the way that I need you to vote to um, show um, my preference right. in it. We've got to get on their behinds. Mm -hmm. and, and, and until we do that, we can't be upset that they're not doing what we want them to do because we're not holding that conversation with them. Right. Miss um, uh, Ion, you have a, a comment? Um, well, there was a whole lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, I, uh, um, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> um, start where you uh, like. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the whole thing about the corporate party, I, I you know, there's some uh, validity to that complaint. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, the nature of politics, the way it is today, and once that Citizens United um, decision passed, uh, Democrats um, had to turn more to corporations, to um, to companies, to to be able to even compete in the game. And um, but you know, overall, uh, you know, I think the Republicans have a larger handle on that group than the than the Democrats do. But it's a legitimate uh, uh, complaint. Um, um, I'm I'm concerned about the housing issue. I think it's in um, in Hillsborough and all over Florida. You know, mm -hmm. it has become too too expensive to live here. Yeah, uh, affordable housing is just not available, and our elected officials need to deal with that. And not only should we be talking to. Um, uh, the city council in in Tampa and St. Pete, but we need to talk to the Florida legislature. Mm -hmm. 
years ago, um, we passed, I think it was a, a constitutional amendment called the Sadowski Fund, which whenever there was a property sold, there was a dock stamp fee, and that money was to go into the Sadowski Fund to support affordable housing. Well, what has the Republican legislature done? They have robbed that Sadowski hun, uh, Fund. Mm. They keep using it for other things, and now that we have a crisis, there's no fund to go back to and lean on, right? So we not only should we talk to our local uh, electors about it, but we need to talk to those people in Tallahassee about it also. So I encourage everybody to write your elected representative and write your senator, your uh, Florida senator, anybody who's in the Florida legislature, as well as the city council people. We need to deal desperately with this affordable housing. And we all know what's happening to the home insurance there's a home insurance crisis here, too, mm-hmm. and uh, that the Republicans have not dealt with. So it's becoming more and more expensive to uh, to live in Florida. Ms. Margaritas, do you have a comment? So about this, um, <laughs> going to your city council members and going to your state legislatives, um, you know, I have direct experience with that. And I think one thing that just frustrates me is this idea of, like, oh, Democrats care about housing, Democrats care about this, that, and the other. Our city council here in Tampa is majority Democrat, and we did not get housing or like rent control. They shot that down. We did not get the bill that introduced um, like abor- protection on abortion that got shot down. Like Lynn Hertek was leading that, and that just didn't pass. And I like where were y'all when um, the city council was uh, doing their budget thing, and we like had to advocate to try to get pennies and dimes from like finding the couches or whatever to get money to housing because they wouldn't budge with that budget. We were going to the workshops. We were going to the city council meetings. We were taking off of work, doing this and the other, talking to them in between meetings on their, and their lunchtime, sending them emails. And they're just, oh, we listen to you, but there's no action on their words. Mm-hmm. It's very empty. And that's just like the most frustrating part. And I haven't been in this for long, but it seems like that's just how it's going to be unless there's like a major, major change because one, they're like more concerned with their like overall political career. You can see who's like in the mayor's pocket. You can see who's trying to gun for the mayor's seat. It's very, very obvious. Um, Some people are being very practical because I remembered her tag. Now she did support the abortion rights, but there was some kind of a codicil they were trying to throw in there that she ended up voting against it because of that. Mm-hmm. So it can be very tricky, very complicated at times. But, you know, you have to do the work because I remember the apartment complex here in Tampa where the the residents were talking about the building falling apart. There were a lot of mold they were living with. And Marco Rubio shows up. And that's all he did. He showed up and put it in his campaign ad. So that's not doing the work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they showed this twice on TV where, you know, there were people that uh, were having the, that issue, the mold, the breaking down. And, and, I mean, they put it on TV, but nothing was done. Nothing I, done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have it just to. just ended up at a campaign yeah. ad. Mm-hmm. So, Alvaro, thank you um, for yeah, the call. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Neither the Republicans or the Democrats. I didn't want to say, I didn't, I didn't mean to sound... Or, or I don't want it to be taken like I'm supporting Republicans. No, I think both parties are, are out to lunch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, both are, you. both are wrong. But thank you thank, for your thank call. Thank you for your program. Thank you for your program. It's the only program right now on WMNF where you can bring up these things. During the day, I try to do that. They cut you off immediately. <laughs> 
Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go to the next caller. Um, caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Good morning, all. It's Clay from Mandalay. Hey, Clay. Hey, Clay. I just turned on the show like 10 or 15 minutes ago, so I haven't heard the whole show. But I did hear oh. some things I wanted to um, help correct. One of them was talking about that the uh, reason some Latino voters don't vote is their inability to get a driver's license or an ID. You don't need those things if you vote by mail. I mean, you register to vote, and you can actually register to vote on a computer or over the phone. You don't even have to go into the office, um, and you can register to vote that way. So you can um, get registered to vote, and you don't have to provide an ID when you vote by mail. Yeah, I've been voting by mail all my for the last few years, but I'm surprised, I'm yeah, not surprised, <laughs> that they want us to re, re, uh, reiterate that. Yeah, is that also so for often. Pinellas County, too? Yes. Oh, it is? That's a, that's a statewide. statewide. That yep. was SB90 that, oh. that made, so that's now codified in law. Mm, okay. Elections so, law in Florida. Hmm. Yeah, because so I voted by mail also. One of the, uh, yeah, I always vote by mail. Uh, ever since I was, I was doing it when it was an absentee ballot. I was trying to get, I used to be a member of the DEC in Pasco, and I was trying to convince the Democratic Party of Florida that they needed to start getting people to use absentee ballots and vote by mail. Uh, because there was no restriction on you didn't have to be absent to get an absentee ballot. Right. So, anyway. And, they, and that has they, changed, Clay. Uh, primar- well, primarily now, more Democrats are voting by mail than Republicans. So I, I understand that, but I, I was doing this back in 2000. Absolutely. And, uh, and But they, they weren't... Uh, it wasn't their idea. What they saw the Republicans starting doing it, and that's why they started doing it. <laughs> so, and then vice versa. After look, 2018, let me make, let me make <laughs> another point. When, when you're talking with voters, uh, first off, Alvaro's right. Uh, the Democratic and Republican parties are no more than the different sides of the same point. Okay, they both re- represent corporate interests more than they do the people's interest. Yep. But when you're um, looking at what this country is. This country is socialistic. The federal government is basically there for socialism. It's there for schools. It's there for libraries, for interstate highways, for all uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. All those things are socialism. Things you can't expect the private sector to care about. (laughs) They care about profits. The private sector wants to make money off all those things. But these are the things that are provided with your tax dollars for the benefit of everyone. And that's what—that's the kind of messaging that you need to tell people when they're concerned that this is becoming a communist country or socialist country. It already is a socialist country. The very Why nature of the federal government. Well, is it's a Democrat uh, uh, play. It's a, it's a democratic uh, country with socialist policies, right? So there, there's a, there's a there's a difference between being a socialist country and having socialist policies. Well, like the post office. Huh? It's right. Semantic. Yeah. Well, the post office is socialism. The, the point is that I'm trying to make is that the, the Republicans and the Democrats at one time tried to make socialism um, the same as communism, and um, uh, at, when it's not, <laughs> that's not what it is. Right. Socialism is doing things for the greater good of many. That's what it's all about. And then one of the other problems that we have is that people, voters in general, are uninformed, misinformed, and ill-informed because our media sucks. I, I don't want to... <laughs> Except us, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Clay, we got to get ready for the yeah. break, but I do have one question that a caller, uh, an emailer has written. So let's get to that. Yeah, thank Clay, you thank calling. you for your call. Right, Stay healthy. Thank, thank you. you. The uh, writer wanted to know, wanted you to define gerrymandering. Sometimes I think we forget these very simple things that we have to talk about. We have to define yes. first. Yeah, you're right. Um, gerrymandering is um, the result of drawing voting lines, voting district lines that favor certain groups of people. So uh, every 10 years after the census comes out, um, the voting lines and therefore the districts, let's say, for the United States House of Representatives is is redrawn, as well as the Florida legislature. Um, and um, so gerrymandering is when you draw the lines so that it excludes certain people or includes certain people. Now, this has been used to um, favor... Uh, I, I think both parties have done this, but the Republicans, I think, uh, at least here in the state of Florida, are well known for it at this point in time because they've been in control for so many years. Um, at, we citizens proposed a, a constitutional amendment called the Fair Districts Act, uh, and that did pass, and that helped. It was supposed to help reduce the gerrymandering, the drawing the lines that favored, put more Republicans in certain areas and less Democrats, less black people or less Hispanics. You know, that was how, uh, how gerrymandering is used. Uh, and the Fair Districts Act um, said that, or um, uh, constitutional amendment said that districts had to be compact. They had to... Um, uh, not cross bodies of waters or main highways and those types of things. It was supposed to be uh, more fair. And right now, some of the redistricting that, that Ron DeSantis has done in Florida is being litigated, but it couldn't mm -hmm. be, the court decisions on those could not be finalized before the election. So that's what gerrymandering is, is drawing lines to favor one party over another. It was he's the the governor wasn't is not supposed to be the one doing that. That correct. is correct. That is correct. But he did. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> Welcome to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the free state, right? Yes, <laughs> right. And he exploited this word freedom to get people here because of his COVID response. And I think this is a, a danger because we're in a triple demic now, as far as I'm concerned. The, the young kids, babies are suffering from a respiratory virus. Yep. We have, we have the flu, we have flu coming out now yep. and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So, <laughs> um, we do have time for uh, one more caller. Um, so let me, before we go to break, let me take this call. So caller, you're on the Sunday forum. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, um, my name is Simon. Sorry, I wasn't listening to the whole thing. Uh, I don't know, I just, I guess wanted to talk about, like, I don't know, voter apathy. I just really wish uh, the Democrats, like, did more to appeal to everyday people because I agree, like, Republicans are worse, but, you know, if they're both you know, leaning into corporate interests, what does that mean for regular working people? Um, 
like even I'm a member of Teamsters Local 79, and even just going to like the union meeting yesterday, um, it was depressing to know that we're going to have like an upcoming contract campaign. We're trying to fight for our rights and a right to work state, but um, no, no one. It feels like a lot of politicians just aren't taking our side and aren't fighting for our issues. Like the Republicans attack our rights, and there's like Democrat apathy that really. That really aren't willing to like fight back and really defend us in office, and so I think that's a reason for like a lot of voter apathy. I just wanted to share my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, I I kind of uh, I agree with what she just said, and what we can do right now. If you live in the city of Tampa, elections coming up in four or five months, mm-hmm. put somebody in a seat that's going to represent the people. You get someone and you get, you know, a strong campaign behind them and you can start having that message heard because I agree um, folks that are elected, if they stop listening to the people that elect them and they're doing what the corporations are saying, that's not going to change until you change them. Well, young people made a splash in Florida. They did get Val Demings's old seat with yes. uh, Maxwell, Maxwell Frost. Frost. So Correct. 25 years old, the young people came out, gun control was his issue and he won. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I beat a, a, a former um, Congress member too. Yeah, Alan. Um, I can't think of his Prince, last name. Um, I have to look that up. But, but he yeah, used to be um, a congressman, and he beat him. Yeah, yeah that was pretty resounding. Um, Ayanna Townsend, any last words? Um. Well, I I just want the caller to know that the Democratic Party. Uh, and Hillsborough is very close to unions, and we're very supportive of unions. Um, but I, I, I share her concern about the his. Perception, perception being that that. Sorry, their name is Simon. Like uh, his. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that um, that Simon mentioned that the 